Hey everyone, this is Logan Howard. I hope you dig my groovy new theme song. I promise no musicians were harmed in the making of that theme song, or were in fact even involved in its making. Today I'm going to talk a little bit about making castles memorable in your role-playing games. Fantasy is a vehicle for tackling the deeper themes that we find too large, too savage, or too hidden to deal with otherwise. If you were looking for a control panel that had all the knobs and dials that you could adjust to change the attitudes and perspectives in our culture, that control panel would be fantasy. Fantasy skips past all the pleasantries and formalities of realism and speaks directly to us in the language of symbols. Castles are potent symbols. No castle was ever built because that's the kind of thing they build around here. Castles are the manifestation of large-scale passions. An immense amount of labor and resources went into building every castle that was ever built. They are the embodiment of strength, safety, domination, grandeur, wealth, victory. If you're going to put a castle into a fantasy game, it should be dramatic and memorable. So how do you write up a castle so that it'll be a place your players remember five years down the road? First, recognize the purpose your castle has in your game. What role does it play? How do the player characters actually interact with it? If it's a place you want your PCs to regroup, receive missions and corrals, write it up like a steading. They'll have all the opportunities a walled city might provide. If it's a dangerous place they run into on the way, write it up like a monster. Now it'll have an instinct and some moves to use when the players mess up. If it's where the action takes place, write up some special dungeon moves for it. Have fun creating dangerous situations for the PCs. Next, narrow the focus down to a solid thematic core. Pick a word or two that reflect the mood you're trying to set and then find as many ways as you can to illustrate the concept you picked. If I made a gothic castle for a vampire, I might pick the words intimidating and dark, and then write impressions like, after some time picking your way through the dense fog, you find yourself in the shadow of a mountain. Looking up, you realize it's not a mountain. You can make out the spires, turrets, and crenellated walls of a castle. You hear the thundering scraping of chains against stone. You feel a blast of wind, and then the drawbridge slams down with a bone-rattling crash. Melted uh, pools of wax are all that's left of candles that burned out ages ago. Light fails to reach the distant ceiling, and only a black void hovers above. When you enter the room, you hear the skittering of retreating creatures escaping from your light. Give it a name. Try to refer to your castle by name. Just the castle inserts a vague gray fortress into your players' minds. Even if they've been there several times in the course of a campaign, using the castle's unique name will call up more specific images when spoken. Try things like Bridge Fort, Chateau d'Angenie, Castle Bloodfist, the Holy Palace and the most beloved Alberian Graffit, the Hammer of the Northern Sea, Ludwigstein, Hell's Hand, 
Here are my eight variations on castles. Number one, vampire castle. I don't mean a castle where a vampire lives. I mean a castle that is a vampire. The idea that I had for this was what if a wizard had cast a spell during a battle that allowed a castle to use organic matter to repair itself. But then after everyone's gone, it's this lonely castle that lures in victims and murders them for its own sustenance. Number two, hollowed out body of a petrified troll. Trolls in folklore come in all sorts of sizes, some of them quite huge. What if it was a hundred foot tall, ten-headed giant troll and then you carved out its body to make a castle from it? Number three, reinforced dragon skeleton. Number four, a fortress to plug up the rift in the dimensions. Number five, colossal iron serpent. That one I, I kind of imagined something like a portion of the Great Wall of China, the way that it crawls over the tops of mountains and looks kind of serpent-like. What if it actually was a serpent and could even twist around and bite its own tail like Ouroboros and make itself into a walled city or, or some sort of fortress at will? Number six, reed palace on a giant lily pad. Number seven, mobile fortress made from ants. This was an idea that Brian Holland sent to me. The idea that what if you there were really huge ants and that there were entire forces of, of elven garrisons in them to protect the borders of the, the elven kingdom. Number eight, guided termites. By this I mean what if there was a magician or, or some kind of druid that could guide the work of termites and make enormous termite mound castles. Enjoy! Hi Logan, this is Brian from Session Zero. Uh, another great episode, number four. I really liked it. I think one of my favorite segments is the Ninkasi's Cauldron. Um, that's really cool. I love all the variations. Um, one of the things you said in the last episode about combat on a Mobius strip, uh, number one, it was brilliant. Uh, I've never thought of that before. Uh, but number two, it got me thinking along the lines of using a Mobius strip to trick a monster. You know, something along the lines of, uh, yes, uh, oh great Sphinx, uh, you can eat me as soon as you're finished reading this scroll, but you've wrapped the scroll into a Mobius strip so that he will never finish reading it. Just something like that. Just a cool thought I had out of nowhere I wanted to share with you. Anyway, great show. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Brian. That scroll Mobius strip idea is genius. It's literally a challenge with a twist. I hope everybody out there is getting Session Zero through your Patreon or on drive-thru. It is a nourishing feast. Brian Holland and I were talking about castles online, and I wanted to mention a cool idea that he had. He was talking about a porticolis that is actually a mimic being kept and fed by the castle to serve as a defender. I thought that was a really brilliant idea and could make a, a fun challenge for a party. Hey Logan, Colin, Spike Pit. Just wondered if you've got anything uh, podcast-wise on the uh, on the go. Haven't heard from you for 
Ooh, nearly a month and a half, mate. Just uh, just wondered as I was enjoying listening, and uh, I'd hate to think you weren't doing any more, man. Thanks for checking in on me, Colin. I got sick there for a little while and then had a issue with my nerves trying to work up the motivation to get back on the air, and your encouragement is no small part of me being able to do that. Everyone ought to listen to your podcast, Spike Pit. It is on Anchor and anywhere else you can find fine podcasts. Hey, Logan, it's Jason Hobbs from Random Screed. Hey, I finally got a chance to catch one of your episodes. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Got to hear from Ray and some people I'm used to hearing from, Colin, of course. I try to listen to a couple new shows a week. Uh, Very glad to uh, hear yours today. Some of the stuff that you talk about is easily portable to any type of game. It doesn't only have to be Dungeon World, but I appreciate you calling it Dungeon World content. It's just like anything in Random Screed could probably be used in Dungeon World as well. That's why I talk about the horseshoe of gaming between uh, narrative or uh, story games compared to OSR games. So when you're talking about mass combat, especially with what Ray was saying, you could do that through any type of game it's just the mechanics you use are going to be different a lot of my games end up being more like story games even anyway even though i'm using osr trad rules keep it up buddy have a good one later you're absolutely right jason i think the main reason i mentioned that it's a dungeon world podcast is just so that when i start using dungeon world terminology people will be prepared for that but i hope that the content can be used in just about any role-playing game. I hope that people will listen to all three of your fantastic podcasts. I'm thinking about Random Screed, Hobbs and Friends, and Hex Talk. All three have content that are very useful for anyone into any kind of role-playing games. I've been listening to a lot of great role-playing game podcasts lately. I already mentioned on this episode Spike Pit, Random Screed, Hobbs and Friends, and Hex Talk. But there are a bunch more. New ones that I've encountered are Daydreaming About Dragons. And that one, every time I see it pop up in my, my feed, I get super excited. Judd Carlman talks a lot about world building and has all these ideas that just get me super amped to create. There's also Plunder Grounds, going right along with Ray Otis's zine by the same name, one of my very favorites. Others that I've been really enjoying are Cockatrice Nuggets, Frank T's Liner Notes, Follow Me and Die, Gothridge Manor, Red Dice Diaries, The Hard Move, and DM Dad. That's it for this episode. I'd like to thank Brian, Colin, and Jason for their messages, and also my most excellent wife for helping me with the opening theme song. If you'd like to send a message, you can send it through the Anchor app, or you can send an email to me at swordbreakerszine at gmail.com. Next time you're in a game, take a moment to look around the table. Pay attention to who's sitting there. Be grateful for them. They're what it's all about. Take care. The crew at your table is making demands. They want adventure in fantasy lands. Wahoo, sword breaker! 
You need some options and you need them now. They're bored with the owl bears and sick of the drow. Wahoo! breaker. You're brilliant, it's true, but you know in the end, even the finest can use a friend with random rambling and homebrewed lists. Listener content with awesome twists. Bounce, 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 sword breaker.